0: I have been uh, blessed to be a part of this radio station now for a little over two years, but it has got such a great history. Uh,
1: KTAR celebrates its 100th anniversary coming up soon. And within that 100-day window, we are doing our 100 Days of Giving, where you have an opportunity to win a $100 gift card, but also choose a charity to get a $100 gift card. We're doing this every single day until the anniversary. If you want to just text the word or just text the number 100, to four one one ninety two three, you can be a part of it. I love being a part of this radio station. It's legendary um, reputation, and it really is an honor to be a part of it. But I want you to go. I want to go to a legendary broadcaster from these this very studio. Um, I've been told he was here since the beginning, all one hundred years. Pat McMahon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes and you know room back in the old days we didn't use to have microphones we used to just open the window and shout <laughs>
1: <laughs> pat correct me if i'm wrong aren't you the only person in arizona that's been inducted into the broadcasters hall of fame twice
2: yeah, I, I think that that probably is true because they think that the first time was a mistake. Uh, the, uh, the, the reality is is I was inducted into the uh, Broadcasters' Hall of Fame first as a part of the Wallace and Ladmo Show, uh, and you didn't grow up here, so you don't know what you miss. Oh, but it was I know. the funniest Show in the history of the world.
1: I will tell you that from my friends that grew up in this town, when they found out that you and I were working together over the TV station and that I knew you, I heard all the Wallace and Ladmo stories that you could possibly. <laughs> so I feel like I've I know the show and I do understand what an impact you've had in this valley.
2: Well, that was the first time. That was uh, I was on that show for thirty years and and uh, just had the time of my life. And then afterwards, the uh, second award came as a result of the other stuff that I did, including uh, 33 years at JTAR, and what, what good times uh, those were and continue to be, because I drop in every once in a while, whether they want me to or not, and uh, and chat on the air, much as we are now, and I thank you for the invitation.
1: Well, I I don't think we can talk about the anniversary and and, and the history of this radio station without including you. 33 years in any business is quite an accomplishment, but to be at one radio station is almost unheard of.
2: Uh, Yeah, considering the fact that I was here doing some other things in advance so that if you start doing these things, back to back uh then it was marconi who gave me my first job <laughs> uh, uh, all i can tell you is is, is that Gia being uh, being in a uh, in a market uh, that uh has welcomed you and me into homes and cars uh, is a uh, is a marvelous honor and uh and to tell you the truth it's also absolutely remarkable that I picked a market to stay in that I wouldn't trade for any other community anyway. This, this is the best choice I ever made.
1: Yeah, and I feel exactly the same way. I want to talk about this, but the radio station and their focus on the community around them, not just broadcasting and informing them. But when I came here a couple of years ago, I was so moved at their attention to serving the community and how much the listeners jump on board when there's a worthwhile cause out there and you ask them to join, whether it's giving or doing something. They work together. But there is such a commitment here to the community
2: yeah and and it uh, does absolutely include the participation of the community uh it's uh it's remarkable when over the years uh, you've heard uh it, it just uh, time after time, stories uh, about people hearing on the air at KTAR about the need of a family, the need of an organization. Uh, And uh, they weren't just all public service spots. Uh, They were sometimes uh, responses to interviews that we did. And uh, this, uh, this town turns out graciously uh, for so many things, as you said, and how nice it is to have a radio station uh, that has a voice that people listen to and respond to. You're absolutely right. Besides that, we've had such good times, so much fun. I was just looking at a picture uh, that I think is going to be used in some capacity at KTAR uh, they were asking about uh, uh, pictures of folks that have dropped in, presidents and uh, recording artists and motion picture personalities. Uh, and one of the uh, one of the most respected people in our industry spent an hour with me on the air, Walter Cronkite. And after it was over, all he wanted to do, now is is so. How did I do? And he he wanted some kind of assurance from my producer, Rosemary, and me that we were pleased with his performance.
1: Now, what was that? That had to be almost surreal to have what would be the, I would say, the George Washington of broadcasting in America, the one that everybody looks to, asking you for validation on an interview.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, it, it was, uh, I think, an example of the humility that he had, recognizing, as he had to, the fact that he was broadcasting's most trusted personality. But let me tell you, Bromad, the the funny thing about it is, as I've said, we have had every possible level of celebrity come through those hallways uh, for uh, for my show, for Preston Westmoreland, uh, for all the people that have been on the air, during our lifetimes but most of the time the news guys they weren't blasé or indifferent but they didn't pay a whole lot of attention Uh, when Walter Cronkite showed up news guys came in with their books by Walter Cronkite to have him autograph uh, a volume for them and you know being in this business as long as you have been, uh, that they don't usually do that with most celebrities. Right,
1: right. Yeah, they, they try to stay indifferent. D- do you miss it? I mean, do you miss being in this studio?
2: Well, I do uh, television uh, all the time on Channel 7, and uh, fortunately, the, uh, the show that lasted for 20 years on KTAR... Uh, moved over to the Internet, and uh, so I'm doing that on a regular Mm -hmm. basis, and that is The God Show. And as long as I have him as a participant in any radio broadcasting that I do... Uh, I'm still feeling pretty good. Uh, God doesn't call and let me know if he can't make it. But most of the time on The God Show, we have people that uh, have interesting stories to tell about the spirituality of man. And, uh, And it's still a fun show to do.
1: Well, Pat, I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this i couldn 't think about kicking off today and talking about one hundred years of this radio station without including you because you are such a huge, huge part of the history here and i 'm just thrilled to be a part of a small piece of it in the beginning of my my time here and uh, I look forward to seeing you as this celebration ends up you know in June.
2: Will you do me a favor though, and at least jot down a note? to jeremy your producer that i would like to be invited back on the 200th anniversary
1: you we've already put it down it's already in the calendar
2: <laughs> <laughs> good to talk to you again my friend yeah. and good to talk to all of those extraordinary listeners at ktar oh uh, what a happy century this has been in the valley of the sun
1: well, well said well said thank you pat That is uh, Pat McMahon, legendary broadcaster from here at KTAR as we walk up to our 100th anniversary. Coming up in a moment, we get you caught up on the
0: biggest news stories of the day. We call it Did You Hear This? Next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Been a very, very busy news day. Let's get you caught up. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories.
3: Yeah, and this uh, morning, Mike, you spoke with Richard Nungesser, a Valley resident who heads up Bread of Life International. They're helping Ukrainian refugees who are fleeing to Poland and Moldova. Right now, he's on the Poland-Ukraine border. You asked him if those refugees feel safe once they cross over. Yes, in fact, I was just at the, the crossing border and there was a, a grandmother with her grandchild just walked across and right next to me as soon as they crossed the border. You can just see on her face and you can just hear this whole sigh of relief. My question to you, Mike, is do you think there will be a Ukraine for for those refugees to go back to once this is over? I don't
1: know, and that's what's so hard about this is the Ukrainian people are not going to give up the fight, which means they are not going to throw down their weapons and walk away and leave the cities as they are. If they want to take over Ukraine, they're going to have to destroy Ukraine. They're going to have to destroy the buildings and the people, which lends itself to the question, what is the end game for Vladimir Putin? Because he is not going to be taking over a country that is going to do anything for him. It's going to be... A- Liability that they're going to have to rebuild. And so I don't know what's going to be left for refugees to go back to, just like when we saw the Syrian refugees leaving that country. Let's just hope this doesn't last as
3: long. <laughs> Police have arrested 28-year-old Devontae Thornton, who allegedly opened fire on two Phoenix police officers early yesterday in Phoenix. Uh, One officer was struck by a bullet in the wrist. The other hit by glass fragments. Chief Jerry Williams says this was the seventh officer shot this year and the 12th who was hurt. And we're only two and a half months into this year. This cannot be become our new normal. Aside from the people who are actually carrying out the attacks on, on these officers, who blames responsibility for what's happening well, right I just now?
1: think uh, well, the responsibility falls squarely on the shoulders of this guy, um, this Devonte Thornton, uh, who, by the way, had a, a conviction and a four-year sentence to prison in St. Louis for uh, illegal weapons charges. So this is someone not unfamiliar to illegally using firearms. Um, th- but the blame falls squarely on these criminals. But what we have to do is we have to empower the police. We need more police officers, better equipped, and they need to know they have the backing of the city. So I would say if we want to turn the tides on the criminals, we have to stop making the criminals the heroes and stop making the heroes the criminals. That's the best path to getting us back to where we need to be with safer streets in our own community you are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time. So let's get you caught up on the rest.
3: Yeah, we haven't heard as much about COVID in recent days and weeks, but that doesn't mean we can start ignoring it, at least not if you believe the CEO of Pfizer. He was asked this weekend if a fourth booster is needed. It is necessary a fourth boost right now. The protection that you're getting from the third, it is good
1: enough, actually quite good for hospitalizations and deaths. It's not that good against infections,
2: but doesn't last very long.
3: So he does say a fourth booster is needed. So, what is your over under on the number of booster shots we're going to be told that we need? I, I don't know. I, I thought three was enough. Now they're
1: talking about four, and I, I don't know the answer to that question. And again, before I make any decisions about any more boosters, I'm going to the doctors that I trust. I'm going to ask them what they believe about this. Um, we know that the flu shot is an annual shot, it's for different strains of what they believe is going to be in your community. Is that what we're going to end up with here? Because we're hearing from people now that that's the direction that COVID is headed, that there's going to be more of a seasonal. Time, but in order to stop infections, they want to have another booster. So we'll see. Is it going to become an annual booster? I don't know what the information says about it yet, and I guess we're waiting to find out.
3: All right, let's uh, hit the gridiron, Mike. Over the, over the weekend, the Arizona Cardinals re-up with tight end Zach Ertz. The sides are now finalizing a new three-year contract on the EVA free agency that keeps him in Arizona
1: and keeps Ertz among the 10 highest-paid tight ends in the NFL at the age of 31.
3: And then today, we learned the Cardinals are giving running back James Conner an extension. So how important for Kyler Murray on this offense is it to bring those two guys back?
1: I think it's huge. I think the more weapons you give them, especially the tight end game and the the ability of Zach Ertz to block and to catch the football and then yards after the catch adds another weapon for Kyler Murray. And you can keep defenses honest. You can keep the linebackers honest for half a second with a great running back. So they've got all the tools. I wonder now what message this sends to Kyler Murray's camp. All the pieces are in place. We are seeing what happened with Russell Wilson going to Denver, with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, Tom Brady going back to Tampa. Does Kyler Murray understand he needs to play his butt off to earn the respect of the league and earn the respect of everybody else instead of their having these gaps at the ends of the season? It's not his fault solely, but is that what they're looking at in his leadership role? Or does he demand that he get a contract extension before he does any more? And that's going to be a big thing for the Cardinals this year because they have all the talent in the world. Yeah, it's hard to hard to believe and look around the NFL and see what's happening and not see that there's a bit of gamesmanship going on between the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. In the end, I think both sides want to come to an agreement. What will that agreement be and when? That's a big issue for the fans, and I'm anxious to see how it all plays out. What we're going to do in a moment a moment is talk about inflation. There is now warning signs out there of another shortage. This one could be directly because of what's going on in Ukraine. And I'm going to tell you what that is and why and what uh, the American people are saying about what their government is and isn't doing. It's a very interesting study. So we're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, yet
1: another shortage looms over the Biden presidency is the headline. Amid, uh, amid record high inflation and gas prices, Americans may soon have another economic crisis to worry about at the dinner table, a wheat shortage. So uh, they talk about Ukraine uh, blames what Vladimir Putin is doing on the high gas prices. But now with Russia and Ukraine responsible for import- exporting more than one quarter of the world's wheat supply, shoppers in the U.S. may start to feel that as well. It's just one of the indicators of the how important all of these policies are, how important all of this is in a response to what's happening in the world. I, will, I keep seeing this pop up on social media. And I don't know if it's a politically motivated thing or if people are just trying to be nice. I don't know. But they say, I'm going to be thankful that I have a car and I'm going to be thankful for this. and I'm going to be thankful for that. And I'm thankful that bombs aren't being dropped on me. And it it basically is saying that we should be more grateful and not complain about high gas prices and not complain about inflation because you could have it worse. Well, it's very obvious that the people of Ukraine and the surrounding region where refugees are being taken in have it much worse than we have it here in the U.S. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I have always been grateful for this country. I, I, I was something that was ingrained to me as a young person, being patriotic. That I, I love this country. It is, and my family's made a huge sacrifice. My brother gave his life in this country. My mother lost a child, um, and so you know, I know what that sacrifice feels like. I've always been thankful for my country, but. That doesn't mean that my complaints about uh, overwhelming inflation are not valid or shouldn't be heard. The fact that somebody always has it worse is what makes me feel blessed in my life. But that doesn't mean that my problems aren't real. And that goes for every one of you. You know, the old adage still does make sense to me. I You know, I complain that I didn't have any shoes until I met a man that didn't have any feet. Uh, that adage is always true. If you are if you're a glass half full person, you will always see that somebody else could have it worse than you. Uh, I'll give you one uh, uh, example of this. When my brother was killed, I went home on a Wednesday, and I believe it was on Thursday or Friday on the front page of our hometown newspaper was a picture of a woman holding an 8x10 portrait of her daughter. And her daughter had been the victim of a serial killer who was caught in Georgia. And so this woman was on the front page of the paper because the killer had been caught. And in the midst of the grief in my family, my mother still had the ability to say, that poor woman. We knew, we were always, we've always been aware that my brother's sacrifice seemed to be for a reason. We had the embrace of the country around us and we felt blessed to have that in spite of our grief that was so overwhelming. She realized that this woman would spend the rest of her life thinking about her daughter's last few moments being in pain or in complete terror and a complete waste. The why would always haunt that mother. So that's always been ingrained with me to appreciate what you have but what we're hearing now in the politics of this is what's making Americans angrier. I don't want to be the one to give advice to the White House. You know, they're not going to listen to me anyway, nor should they. But when there are issues like the the incredibly high inflation that we have in this country and you are someone of, on that side of the aisle that realizes you have a political agenda you have to get through. So you say things that are completely outrageous. I want you to hear Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, had this to say about government spending.
2: So when we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary.
1: Um, You know, one of the things that couples argue about is money who spends money, who doesn't. Usually one spouse is more frugal than the other. And imagine if you're the spouse that spends money more often than your your spouse. You're the one that spends and has to explain while the other one wants to save, save, save. Um, and we always laugh about the excuses of, I went to a sale, right? How many times have you heard that? Look how much money we saved. Because it was 50% off, so I bought a dozen. Look how much money we saved. And the other spouse says, you spent money. Well, yeah, but it saved us. That's the attitude here. It is completely tone deaf to the American people. Now, my political leanings would tell you I had Grover Norquist on the show today from Americans for Tax Reform. It's an organization started in 1985 at the request of President Reagan. And the idea is small government, as small as possible – to do the basics of what it needs to do with as little um, imposition or encroachment into the finances of the American people. That seems to be what the government is supposed to be in my mind. That's my political leaning. But the other part of this is the timing of it. How can anybody at this time say after COVID-19 and the two years corporate America and the business world has been suffering through, after the last two years that the average American and the person of above average income has endured over the last two years, that raising taxes on any American is a good idea? How could anybody advocate for that? And yet that's what this administration is doing because the midterm elections are rapidly approaching. November of this year, every single seat in the House of Representatives and one third of the United States Senate are all up for grabs, including Mark Kelly's Senate seat here in Arizona. And all indicators are that the Republicans are going to make huge gains in the House and the Senate and they 're going to take over both of those bodies, which means build a better America bill or whatever it 's called now will never see the light of day if it 's not passed by this November so this is why you 're hearing these things. they call these the Putin gas hikes they call these the um, listen listen to uh, again, I want you to hear um, this is Nancy Pelosi talking about the gas prices let
2: 's get back to the question the larger issue about putin 's Tax. That's a, a. That's really Putin's gas hike. That's his gas hike. This uh, so much of this uh, increase in the gas tax, uh, the gas uh, price started uh, an, uh, weeks leading up to what happened there.
1: Okay. That and so that's. She said that's Putin's. Here's the president of the United States talking about gas prices and inflation.
2: I'm sick of this stuff. <laughs> We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm saying it's Biden's gas pipeline. Biden said he's going to stop the Keystone pipeline, and I did. And that's the reason prices went up. Folks, let's get something straight here. The Keystone pipeline was two years away. It had been 2% finished. Give me a break. <laughs>
1: When you have the ability to pump more oil and you don't, when you've stopped fracking, we could go back and play the countless times that he said he was going to end fracking and there were going to be no more subsidies. Not only that, the financing of exploration. They're going after anyone who is investing in financing of exploration for fossil fuels. So they are absolutely on the assault against the fossil fuel industry. You can't have it both ways. But what's more important than anything else is you look at who this is affecting, the working class Americans. I saw a story today that non-white voters are being impacted more by inflation than white voters. And I hate when things are broken down on racial lines, but let's call that true for a moment because that's what the American public loves to read about is how things are not just unfair but unfair to other people, which makes it even more unfair to other people. Let's talk about that. Aren't these the very people that this administration claimed that their policies were going to make their lives better? Their lives are worse. So you jack up gas prices by virtue of your assault on fossil fuels, and then we have a war breakout between Ukraine – and Russia, and you can't do anything about it, and you can't do anything about it because your policies against fossil fuel conflict with what you would need to do to mitigate some of the damage. I don't think there's one expert out there that is saying that all of the price increases in gasoline and fuel prices and everything else are 100% Joe Biden's fault. I certainly haven't, and I don't like anything about this administration's policies, but I can point to you specifically in the areas where this administration hasn't done Anything to mitigate the damage that's coming. And that's what the American people are upset about, that they are not being heard and there hasn't been a shift in policy at all, at all. I want to close it out talking about a very big, important story in the city of Phoenix and a new update about a, the two cops that were shot at over the weekend. It is a harrowing story when you hear the truth. We'll tell it next. <laughs>
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: Hey, thanks for being here. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, it's the Mike Broomhead Show podcast easy. Easy to subscribe to on any device you have. Never miss a minute of the show. The Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by Carol Royce, Kello Realty, East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash at highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. Court documents have updates on what we saw over the weekend was more officers being ambushed in the city of phoenix and when the story first came out nobody understood why somebody would just indiscriminately shoot at a patrol vehicle in phoenix well let me explain the story in court documents the officers got behind a car they were at a qt they saw this car ran the license plate found out that the owner of the vehicle had a felony warrant so they tried to stop the vehicle the vehicle sped out of qt ran a bunch of red lights and the police lost it a few minutes later they found the vehicle vehicle again they got behind it the vehicle drove very slowly past an apartment complex as the patrol vehicle went past the complex they were shot at 18 9 millimeter casings were found on the ground 18 9 millimeter casings were found at the scene one officer shot in the wrist other officer hit by flying glass thankfully no one with life-threatening injuries they captured they were able to capture. The suspect that was driving the car and in the subsequent investigation, they were able to determine that he had been on his cell phone while he was being pursued. They ran that phone number. They found the address of the older brother, his older brother, whose name, the older brother's name is Thornton. His first name is Devante Devante Thornton. And I have uh, Mr. Thornton's criminal record out of St. Louis, Missouri. On 12-4 of 2015, he was sentenced to four Four years in prison for unlawful use of a weapon so he's already been convicted on weapons charges and so the investigation was they found the brother's address they did an investigation at the apartment complex witnesses at the apartment complex saw Thornton run into the apartment complex shortly after the shooting with a gun They then did a subsequent search of his apartment. They found part of the gun in the apartment. And and by the way, the uh, the other Javon Beasley is the original suspect in the car. When they caught him, he had ditched a gun. They found a gun, his gun. They found Thornton's uh, dismantled gun in, in pieces. And one of the pieces was in the apartment. Thornton had his backpack searched or a backpack searched, and they found an ID of his or a a credit card of his, something with his name on it, and cocaine in the backpack. The reason why I'm bringing this story up is it is once again an assault on the police, an ambush of the Phoenix Police Department. If you go back to what just happened recently out in the West Valley where somebody tried to lure a police officer into the house and shot this police officer multiple times – And then throughout the course of the night, more officers were either directly shot, four more were shot, uh, a total of four were shot, five officers were hit with shrapnel. You had nine officers at a crime scene injured, and this guy kept trying to ambush the police. They were rescuing a baby when they were fired upon again and injuring more officers. This guy was trying to entice the police to the door and was shooting at them trying to kill cops. Now you've got what appears that a little brother, calls Big Brother, drives slowly past. So he drags the target in front of the apartment complex and then the police vehicle is fired at 18 shell casings found on the scene of the crime. Phoenix police chief talked out about this. This is becoming the new normal and it cannot become the norm in our society. Police officers understand that they are taking on an inherently dangerous job and I applaud anyone who would do that work. I want you to think of what you would do for a family member. They do it every day for strangers. They run in when other people are running out there is something about serving your community. Now, I understand that there are people out there that believe that cops are cops because they want the badge and they want to be powerful people and they abuse it. And I understand you have that opinion. That doesn't make it true. And what it means is there has to be something done about the reputation. I have. I, I agree with that 100%. But what we cannot do is have cities, and I live in the city of Phoenix, and I will work as hard as I can to change the attitude of the city council, if the city council doesn't rebuild the police department, if the city council doesn't reassure the Phoenix police department that they have their back and that they will get rid of bad officers, but they will make sure that the community realizes the vast majority of that agency are good people that do a very dangerous job, then they'll be replaced on the city council, period, end of story. We can argue politics. That's not politics. The defund the police movement and the anti-police attitude in this country has put a target on cops and it's made the villains heroes and we have got to reverse that. We have got to reverse the crime wave in the U.S., and that's how you do it with good men and women that are willing to stand in the gap. So that's the update on the story. You're going to get more of it here on the newscast, I'm sure, and throughout the day. And if you go to KTAR.com, social media users, at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter, or Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram, that's how you can follow me outside of the show. It's a great week, I'm hoping, coming up. Hope yours is great. Till tomorrow, God bless.